Welcome to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Rocco. And this is episode 22 of Destination Linux. Rob, we're back. We are back. Glad to be back. I love it, man. I have uh, had the break and missed it. That's all I can say. Well, I've missed it as well. You and I have chatted back and forth a few times and, you know, we needed the break, I think, but, you know, a little behind the scenes just for the folks watching and listening. We were trying to talk ourselves into coming back even (laughs) earlier, I think. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we were because like, I mean, even that first week that we, you know, even that week we took the break, it was like, I'm still, you know, gathering headlines, you know, and I'm like, why am I even doing this? <laughs> well, that's because, you know, we're, we're a part of the community. And so there's so much going on and being some of your fellow YouTubers who are talking about things and you've got news coming in, you know, we didn't change, um, you know, the news feeds or anything like that. You know, we didn't disengage from, from Linux. And so I guess it's just that urge that, hey, I need to talk to Rocco about this, man. This is cool. <laughs> well, on top of, of that, there were so many people that through Telegram, through email, yeah. through YouTube comments that, you know, gave so many good comments and, you know, so much encouragement. So it was really nice to see all of that. And that's part of yes. the reason why, too. So, yeah, that you, you guys are awesome out there um, because you're right, Rocco. We got some. Just great emails from folks saying, hey, you know, going to miss you, whatever. And just letting us know that they enjoy the podcast and that kind of thing. And and so, yeah, it's that's pretty awesome. Yep. Well, Rob, uh, you were working on a Patreon page and it is up now, right? It is. So it is patreon.com forward slash destination Linux. And we'll put a link in the uh, notes for that if you would like to help support us, that'd be great. If you don't and you just want to listen, that's awesome too. Absolutely. Yep. So Rob, what have you been up to, man? Well, a little bit of distro hopping. Um, <laughs> so nothing new. <laughs> nothing new there. Yeah. It's It's been a busy couple of weeks actually. And, and so that break time was good to be able to focus on some things I had to get through at work. But at the same time, there was a lot going on. We've had a lot come out, uh, you know, a few good releases. And uh, as a matter of fact, I think, I think, buddy, I could predict what distro you're running right now. Hmm. Imagine that. I'm going to guess. Let's see here. Would it be elementary OS by any chance? It would be elementary OS, man. Like <laughs> I, I was so excited to try this and I've always had a soft spot for elementary because it's such a beautiful desktop. I mean, it's, it's just such a beautiful thing. It'll, it has in the past been very locked down and it still is. It's not like it's unlocked, but there, but the more popular it gets, the more ways around some of the locks that you can get around and open things up, like adding PPAs. And you've always been able to do that. But like I said, it's been more visible lately. And, Man, I'll tell you what, I installed it and I have only had one issue with it. Other than that, it has been running pretty darn good. The only thing I'll tell you is 
don't try to unlock it too much. <laughs> right. That's right. Because <laughs> when you That's start right. trying to unlock everything, um, you start trying to add things that maybe aren't supposed to be there. You do, you can have it go wrong. We'll say that. Well, and let's save some of that for our YouTube corner because we have a viewer who sent in an email and brought up elementary OS. And we've got a few things to talk about there just to, in, in, um, conjunction with don't add or change too many things on it. So, right. yeah, so we'll cover some of that. All right. Well, since we've have our break, uh, so some of this news may be older or more than a week old, but KDE has been putting out some, some great updates and some great development. So they are, well, this came out on May 15th, right? That 5.10 will enter beta with snaps and flat pack support and the folder view by default. So this is something, and that's not, that's just a tip of the iceberg of what 5.10 has. And I don't have the feature list in front of me, but I am so excited to try. And, and it's like not even listed in most of the feature sets, but I'm so excited to try the, the new sound applet and the way you can switch sound outputs. That's like right. one of my pet peeves. <laughs> Well, let's actually, let's just, there's a lot of, of, of news there with KDE. So let's just kind of dig into some of this Rocco. Cause one of the, and we'll bounce around. Uh, but one of the features they're talking about is the ability to set up your Google drive account, much like you can within GNOME where you can log in under your Google account and have the drive pull into your native file browser, which in this case would be the dolphin browser. Yep. And, uh, give you access to that drive folder, which is awesome. Um, that's that, all I can say about it. Awesome. Th that know? is something that's been lacking in KDE for a long time. And it had it, it had part of it. It had, you could integrate it before with online accounts, but it wasn't completely integrated and with, and it's still not completely done. So you, you still have to have uh, KIO, slash G drive installed. You right. still got to have the K accounts provider and you know, the developer editions have these installed already. So you're not going to get it in Kubuntu. Um, nope. Nope. So it, it does, it, it's not there yet, but it is coming and it's something that is, it, it's something that is sorely needed. And I think we'll put KDE over the top for a lot of people. Well, and it depends too on how well they could integrate that. So, you know, GNOME does a pretty good job right now uh, because they've got integration into their built-in calendar. Once you've logged into the account, um, you've got, you know, the built-in calendar, the built-in contacts. And that goes back, though, to, to KDE's PIM suite, which is kind of a hot mess. You know, it's, it's all of these different pieces that you kind of pull together under the KDE PIM suite. But it's just not you know, well, 20 years ago, it would have been OK. But, you know, yeah. today it's like, really? Uh, so, well, the other thing is, too, KDE has such a um, a massive amount of different programs. They have to they're going to have to pick and choose which ones they want to, you know, like, for example, Gnome Photos. Th that opens up and it connects right to your drive if you have it connected. So depends on which one they're actually going to go for in KDE, which picture viewer they're going to go for, or even right. if that's going to be an option, it may not be an option. And, right. you know, it may not integrate as much, like you said, 
as known. But there will be a uh, a link in your Dolphin to go to the drive. And it's not going to sync it like, uh, you know, it's not going to do a complete sync for your files from Google Drive to here. You, you would, if you needed to make a backup, you would still need to copy them files to your computer. You're just basically getting access to them. Right, right. The other thing, and I don't know if you saw the, um, there was a, um, there was a, it wasn't a video, I guess it was a um, kind of a, a GIF on this where um, you've got a, a new live desktop feature. They call it Spring or um, I was reading about oh, where the you can, view. the photo <laughs> view. Yeah, with photo view, that's going to be default. What are they calling it? Spring? Spring. So yeah. you can, you can drag a folder um, or a document into a folder but you're actually, I'm trying to explain it, you know, we'll put the link so you can visually see what it is. But let's say you've got a document, you can left click and drag that document down into your taskbar where your actual folder icon would be, which would then pop up. And then you could drag that folder into whatever, or excuse me, that document into whatever subfolder uh, that is listed in your pop up there that you get from the taskbar. And that was incredibly difficult to say and explain. So we're definitely <laughs> going to give a visual. Um, the visual is so much smoother than that, but it gives you really, it's going to improve workflow because now with your dragging and your dropping, um, it'll automatically open up wherever you may have a folder link. So if you had the folder, you know, uh, pinned down in your taskbar, um, it's going to automatically pop up and give you the list of subfolders that you have there yep. as well as vice versa. So you could drag from that and then, you know, pop it right onto the desktop. Yep. It'll, it will improve the workflow because say you have a document on your, on your desktop, you just drag it over towards there. It'll just do a flyout menu yep. and then you hover over the next folder and just continually fly out each menu until you get to the, to the location you want. It'll, I think it'll definitely improve the workflow. You said it so much better than I did, buddy. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but they're talking about over 60 improvements. And, you know, the thing with KDE is they are at such a rapid pace and have been over the last year that, you know, as soon as 510 officially releases, it will not be long before we're going to see 5.10.1. You know, right. it'll be following up with that. So, Well, I don't have the scheduled release in front of me, but there is a, a roadmap somewhere of when these releases come out. But uh, 5.8.7 came out for the LTS desktop. So okay. that was mostly uh, bug fixes. And, you know, I had to clarify with uh, the, the KD Neon guys uh, – I had to clarify why 5.8.7 is named that because, you know, every release point release has been 5.8.1.2 all the way up to 5, and then they switch to 5.9. Well, mm -hmm. with the LTS, I guess they're going to stay with 5.8 for, you know, another year. So that's why you have 5.7, 5.8.7 come out. And then I guess there will be a 5.8.8 maybe 8 or 9, depending right. on how they go about doing it. But right. I just want to say that sometimes the Linux community is not always friendly 
to when you ask questions on why things are the way they are. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, it's Uh-oh. not that they're not friendly. They just don't always yeah, you know, they just don't always understand why you're asking questions you ask. So, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. So, so you got an answer that was different than you expected? Um, I just got it, it was the normal Linux community answer. They ask you three questions. When you ask a question, they ask you three questions. Like, one, why are you asking this ridiculous question is usually the first question you get. <laughs> have you not read the fact? Two, have you not used Google? Three, you know, it's like, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. but it's all good. Are you sure you should be using Linux? Yeah. Why don't you know this? Why are you asking this question? That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's I can't believe true. you're asking this. Why? Okay. Okay. Um, Rob, there is soulless news. Yes, there is. There's seem actually there seems to be, you know, Solus is on a pace, man. There uh there's been quite a bit of Solus news lately. Well, there is rumors. Okay, it's not a rumor anymore. It's there. Um <laughs> Peter O'Connor, who is a member of Solus, is going to be the KDE maintainer for the Plasma desktop. Now he's already been the KDE maintainer for the different programs that they have had to have in Solus. Yeah, Kaden Live, so on and so forth. Yes. But he will become the maintainer for the Plasma desktop and hopefully will integrate most of the Plasma desktop into Solus so that you can actually run a Plasma desktop on Solus. Can you believe it? <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, let's well, it makes sense. You've got Mate you know, you've mm-hmm. got the budgie desktop. Well, I want to say something too. Peter has been doing a good job because uh, today, if you had uh, Solus Budgie, you know, Solus proper, I'll call it, installed, and you wanted to install Kden Live, there are a couple of things with Kden Live that need to be pulled in. One is the breeze icon set. Otherwise, when you launch into Kden Live, you may get kind of a bizarre looking, well, not bizarre, a slightly off looking interface where some of the buttons and controls and, um, and descriptions are not all in place. Right. And it, it does pull from the experience of using Caden live. Once you see what it's supposed to look like natively and you open it up in this weird looking, you know, UI, uh, but Peter's done a good job because when you install Caden live within Solus, it automatically installs the breeze icon set and any other dependencies that you need there to give you that uh, native looking UI and interface within Caden Live. Something you come to expect from Solus. Where, right. Where everything looks and feels the way it's supposed to look and feel. Now, let's think about this too a minute, Rocco. You know, so they're moving, uh, Budgie's moving over to QT. Yep. So I just I'm curious if, you know, those two will coincide at the same time, because if you've got a lot of QT stuff going on in the background that I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, but doesn't that help out on the KDE side of things for the other KDE apps? Well, I think the the input with Q, with QT will help cute, yeah, cute yeah. however you want to say it will help and allow the Plasma desktop to integrate way better. 
because yeah. it's going to be developed more, you know, by Solus. But I, I don't know. Let me ask you a question. Yep. And I know this question has been asked before, and every time it's asked, it's kind of like not, you know, it's not, it's, it's, okay, I'll just ask it. Do you think they're doing more than they need to? Or do you, uh, that's a wrong question. Do you think they're branching out too far? <laughs> now I know why you were stumbling through that question, yeah. because it's one of those questions that, uh, there's very, there's a lot of variables in there. Number one, okay. So if you want to improve or increase your user base, and you you've already started to see the fruits of adding other desktops, you know you you've gained users because you've got an option for Mate. You've gained users because you know you you've got an option for the GNOME desktop, so on and so forth. Right. Um, then I can see from the developer standpoint that, Hey, this is bringing in additional users by having these additional desktops. Um, on the flip side, you're going to have people who say, Hey, couldn't you fix this, this, and this before you go jumping off over here into a desktop land with KDE and, you know, all these other desktops. So you're going to, you're going to hear that side of things. Um, you know, part of me says, Truly, part of me says just focus on Budgie and and make that the most awesome experience you could make it. And if you move to Qt uh, with Budgie, then you know bring in the best parts of any Qt apps and make them just as good as you can make them, and let your user base grow from there. But you know, then that distro hopper side says, no, I'd love to try <laughs> Solus with KDE on it. No, I think it's great that they're branching out. I mean, I think it's awesome that they released the GNOME uh, ISO. And, you know, obviously they have Budgie Mate. And I think it's great that they're going to have a KDE. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of KDE. So I think it's awesome that they're going to have a KDE version at some point. And, but I've, I've watched, uh, the telegram conversations with Ike and everything. And each time that, like when they brought the ISO, the GNOME ISO out, uh, people had asked the same question and they were concerned that it would, you know, be a lot for the small group that they have to maintain all of this. And each time, you know, Ike has been really nice and, you know, said, Hey, look, we've already, we already, we already maintained this amount. All adding the GNOME ISO will just be this, this, and this, which is minor. Right. And and that's true. Uh, but, again, the more you add, even those little minor add-ons will affect you in the long run as far as how much how much you're going to be doing at one time. So I'm, I wish the best for them. I hope that uh, they continue on the way they're going. I just, uh, I hope, like I said, I hope the best that they can maintain everything that they're doing. I was almost going to do a little Ike impersonation, which do is it. extremely hard to do. But Ike would say, perhaps this is not the distro for you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe Ike will come back on and we can talk to him about it. I'm sure he'll have something to say about it. He usually has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> gotta love him. Gotta love him. That's right. Well, you want to, you want to, Let's see here. Uh, they also have more Solus news with the brisk menu that came out, the 0.4 right. version. Right. So that came out with for 
the Solus Mate, but it also is in Ubuntu Mate for the repository that you add for the Brisk menu. Right. And they add the ability for the super key. And I think yes. that's super. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, it is something that it was sorely missed and so many people uh, wanted that. So that definitely works now. Uh, there, I've heard of one or two bugs where it doesn't, um, it doesn't close. Like it'll open with the super key, but it doesn't close with the super key. But, you know, I got to hand it off to them guys, dude. Like, I, Ike had said about this release, so I put it on Mate, and one of the things is it it allows for it to adapt to vertical layouts for yep. panels and stuff. So yep. I put it on, I tried it, and on it, I put it on the left hand side with a menu at the top. So the menu didn't the side menu did not go all the way to the top, but when you hit the button to open the menu there was it actually was lower than the button so there was a gap oh, okay. there so i uh put a thing on github about it and like within a couple minutes dude he says yep we're working on it it'll be in the next release of zero point nine. i mean these guys are awesome dude all right well i'm gonna ask the question because you and i've talked about this so i'm waiting for the day or when do you think we'll see the brisk menu within budgie or do you think we ever will well, I don't think after, I mean, I would love to see the brisk menu just the way it is in Budgie. I think that would put Budgie over the top for me. Budgie is an awesome desktop with extremely good defaults on pretty much everything. Yep. Um, one of the main things that it's lacking is a good menu. I mean, the, the Budgie menu application just, launcher. Yeah. For lack of a better term. It's just not for me. <laughs> we'll say it like yeah. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll be nice. Yeah. Um, but the brisk menu would put it over the top. Now, I have heard Ike say that, you know, he will, he's thinking about putting the a brisk menu in Budgie, but it won't be the full, it won't be the full blown brisk menu. It'll be like a stripped down version of it. So I okay. don't know exactly what that would contain or what that would be like, but it would definitely, it's, it's definitely an option in the future, maybe. Yep, absolutely. Well, Rocco, there's some news with Telegram, which has become our favorite way of communicating. Yep. And uh, so Telegram now officially supports voice calls. And we actually used that. Uh, was that last week or early this week? It was. Uh, oh, I don't remember which day it was, <laughs> but we tried it and it, it works. It works pretty good, man. Listen, I thought the the call quality was superior to Skype even. Yep. Uh, now it's going to vary, you know, depending on your connection and, and, and all of that. But I was driving down the road um, doing exactly the speed limit. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, keeping both were. hands, both hands on the both wheel, hands on the wheel, right. eyes on the right. road. Yep. That's right. Driving with my knees. I didn't say that. Nope. Uh, and but anyway, no, I was driving down the road. You called me and it was I mean, there was no, um, you know, cutting in or out or anything. And I didn't really even have the best cell connection at the time. So I was surprised. No, it worked pretty good. Uh, they've been silent. I mean, I won't say silently, but they've been slowly but surely updating Telegram to be better and better and better. They've updated the, the uh, I don't know if I'm going to say GIF or GIF. 
one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> They've been updating that support. Uh, they have a new feature in it that I didn't read anywhere about it, but you can hit, uh, you, you used to be able to hit the record sound and you could record your voice and it would send that sound. But now you can record video the same way. Oh, wow. So, I mean, they've just been slowly updating it more and more and more, and it's getting better and better and better. You know what the problem is, Rob? What's that? It's getting people to switch. So many people yeah. are resistant to switching. Like, you know, I tried to get a couple of guys I know to switch from just a regular phone messenger to yeah. Telegram. And it's like, ah, I don't want to put another messenger app on my, you know, it's just to to every, to a lot of people, it's just another messenger app. And what do I need that for? Yeah. I, I listen, and I fully, fully understand that. I quit using um, Google. Um, see, I, it's been so long since hangouts? I've used it. Yeah. Hangouts. Thanks. <laughs> it's been so long <laughs> since I used it. I forgot what it was called. No, I quit using Hangouts and I kind of messaged a few people and just said, hey, you know, I'm not going to be using Hangouts anymore. And the, the problem is, so I've got WhatsApp for work. I do, you know, some some work with uh, companies that are international and, you know, two of them use WhatsApp. And so, you know, I was reluctant and I was actually trying to talk them into Telegram and they're like, no, you know, we've got WhatsApp set up with all of our clients and blah, blah, blah. So you get WhatsApp, you get Hangouts, you get Telegram, you get whatever else you know, that, that you may be using uh, Facebook or whatever. And it just becomes ridiculous. Yeah. So I, so I understand that it would be nice if in reality they were like only two, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Linux distributions, you know, you got a thousand <laughs> to choose from, you know, and that's most right. people really don't want that much choice. They just want that's right. one that works, you know? That's right. Well, Rocco, I purposely skipped over the elementary news because I want to save that for our YouTube corner to have some discussion around, um, which brings us over to um, what do we have in our lineup there next open shot. So, we, we wait, just we covered open shot last time. <laughs> I know <laughs> we just talked about open shot. And so when I saw this article, I started laughing. And then when you read the article, it's even funnier because the guy says basically what I said when we last brought up open shot, which is there's a new update. So all right, let me get through this here. So there's a new, and I feel terrible for even picking on open shot. Cause there's, I know a ton of work that, that has gone into this, but uh, now you can get 2.3.3 and uh, basically supposedly has fixed all of the bugs that people were having up to 25 crashes, Rocco, that people were talking about specific things that were crashing. Apparently all of these have been fixed, but uh, in the article, uh, the author goes on to say, it seems like with every open shot update, they swear they fixed all these bugs only to have another update where they swear that they fixed all of these bugs. Uh, but we don't want to pick on them too much. No. There's a lot of hard work going uh, on there. And let's face it, Caden Live needs some good stiff competition. Yeah, I, I think it's great that open shot is is out there and that the guy is developing it. It would be nice if, you know, you could get a stable release where you wouldn't have a crash, but that's, you know, you're talking about a program that's doing so much, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, anything graphic related in Linux can be a nightmare to work in. And, you know, 
you just got to hand it off to these guys that actually do all that work because, you know, you think you do all this work and you think you got it all ready and then you sit, you release it and then there's all these people saying, what the, you know, like, yeah. why is all this going on? And it's like, oh, you know, yeah. So. Well, and that's why I don't want to pick on it. And, but, but it does seem like that's kind of been the trend is, you know, new release, new release, new release, bug fixes. It's all fixed. It's all good. And then, you know, so hats off to, the developer or developers working on open shot for all of your hard work there, you will eventually get them all squashed. I'm sure. Yep. So it makes you want to cry, huh, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the best lead in wow. to a subject. <laughs> so, I mean, this is old news. Okay. So everybody I'm sure has heard about want to cry and affecting windows, but what I, what I found or what I found weird though rob was it doesn't affect windows 10 computers it only most of the computers were affected were windows 7 with some of them being a little bit older like windows xp and can you believe they put out a patch they actually put out a patch for xp where they no longer support that's how that's how important this was that they no longer support the operating system yet they're going to put out a patch to make sure that it's it's there. It's it's not going to be vulnerable anymore. What's that say for how many people are running XP right now? Uh, that's what I thought when I heard that. Well, first of all, Microsoft had totally washed their hands of XP. They were like, this is done, over with, good riddance. Yep. If you're still on XP, good luck. You're on your own and made that perfectly clear in, in every way they possibly could. And to hear that they actually released something for XP, I thought, wow. And then I, just like you said, my next thought was, Really? Are there that many people still running XP? There has to be. Look, in order for them to create a patch for an operating system they no longer support, there has to be a lot of people running XP. Now, I'm sure somewhere on the Internet, there's uh, numbers of how many people or how many machines actually are running XP. But, man, I can't believe there's that many people running it yet. Well, you know, I've often thought about for nostalgia's sake just to, um, you know, you can go online. This... (laughs) probably shouldn't say this, but you can go online and you can get these, you know, quote XP gold editions or (laughs) XP bronze editions, you know, and yeah, Yeah, they got some gold in there. Let me tell you, (laughs) but I've always been too chicken to put that on my system. You know, who knows what's built into something like that. uh, Oh yeah. They got a lot of gold built in. Let me tell you, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I, I was surprised at that, but you know, this should, if this did not wake people up, I don't know what will. The wanna cry. But dude, I don't think that to be honest with you, I don't know if there is anything that will wake the majority of the people up out there. There I hear people talk about this and there have been a there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks since this came out about it. And yet the majority of people out there just breeze by it and don't even care. It's like they're just unconcerned about it because their normal everyday life is not affected by it. So, you know, if I'm a person who's just doesn't care too much about the desktop and I, you know, run my phone and, you know, life hasn't changed for me and they could care less, you know? So it's like, but you've got people out there who, who will say, no, my app, my iPad does everything I need, you know? (laughs) Yep. But, well, here's what really bothers me about it is where this set of tools came from. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this was something that was pulled from the uh, NSA's bag of tricks yep. that they were using. Um, so it was obtained. And the story I heard was that it was first uh, put up for sale. And uh, the group that obtained these tools uh, put it up for sale online. Nobody purchased it. I mean, could you imagine? Yeah. You know, you're surfing alone. You hit a web page, NSA spying tools for sale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll buy those. Sure. Um, let me get my PayPal link going here. Um, but but anyway, so they so once they realized, hey, nobody's going to buy these, you know, they just put them out there. And. So I think this was just really wave one. I am sure there are people uh, already working on new ways to use those tool sets. Yep. So, But there's also, I guarantee you, there's also other backdoors or vulnerabilities oh, yeah. that are out there that that are going to be bigger than this. That oh, are going to affect those people that really aren't caring about it too much right now. Uh, it is going to affect them in some way because it just seems like there's, you know, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And at some point, it's going to be so big, it's going to affect a lot of the Internet. And uh, Yep. Yes, it is. Well, and I'm sure me saying NSA again, you know, like there's probably some algorithm that says if any in any given conversation, they use the term NSA three times in a row. Flag this, flag this. Uh, you know? Our video is going to be taken down. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. But all right. So if we were to compare the NSA uh, government institution uh, with, let's say, the United States Air Force, you know, the old saying. So when you find out about things like the stealth bomber, you know, that technology was being developed 30 years earlier. Yep. So when you know about it, it's already old technology. Yep. And so if we apply that same theory to the NSA that we're just now finding out about their capabilities here, I wouldn't say 30 years ahead because now with technology, it's making, you know, monumental leaps. So, but they're definitely way ahead, but they're definitely way ahead. And they definitely have something that makes whatever they we've heard about that they were using makes that look Mickey Mouse. I'm sure. Yeah. So, Deep thoughts. Deep, deep, deep <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> well, there's also a security flaw in Ubuntu, Rob. So I did Linux, not hear about that. Linux yeah. is not completely out of the, you know, it didn't get affected by WannaCry, obviously, but uh, there was an issue with LightDM, and this has already been patched and already been updated, so it's not like uh, you have to worry about this, but... Um, there was an issue with the LightDM Display Manager that would allow people to, if they had access to your computer, they could access without your, without your say so. So, uh, um, just be aware, keep your system updated, because it's not absolutely it's not, just, it's not just Windows; it's any system needs to be kept updated. Yep. Yeah. Hey, do you use Conky often when you've got your setup? You know. Well, you know what, Rob? I used to use Conky often, but I never was able to find something that was easy enough to configure. Well, that might change. You know, so the only time I used Conky, there was that uh, Gotham, yeah. that, that one that everybody uses, <laughs> Gotham, you know, yes. theme or whatever. And you didn't have to do much to it. It was kind of nice as, as it was. But every time I went into Conky, I would 
I would get to a point where I would go, ah, I don't want to go through all those steps just to have a, you know, a system, a desktop widget or whatever. Well, there have been some improvements to a popular um, theme, I guess you'll call it, which is Conky uh, Harmatten. Is that correct? Harmatten? I believe it is. I don't know exactly. I've never heard it yeah. actually said. So, yeah, I haven't either. I'm sure we'll, I'll get corrected on that. But um, so there have been some updates there to the config. Uh, for that to make things easier as far as choosing the various themes. So uh, in the past, you had to copy and paste the theme files into your home folder and then manually rename uh, those. And, you know, if you went through for all of those themes, there was, a, I guess, a little bit of work involved there So in doing that. But now they've introduced an interactive uh, CLI manager of sorts that lets you cycle through each theme and format mode by pressing keyboard keys. So once you find the one that you like, you can then save it and then launch that. And I got to say, it looks, this is what I'm going to try because this is, you know, it's got a good amount of information. It's uh, it's in a block. So it would be something that you could, you know, you could place. It wouldn't take up too much space on the desktop and it's got a nice look to it. So, yeah, well, it's, it's been there for a while, uh, but it was like, like you said, it was always, not difficult, but it was just a pain to try out the different ways to configure it because, you know, you were you were editing files. Okay, maybe some people out there don't mind <laughs> editing files, you know, right. but it was a pain for me to go in and try the different themes and the configure it and everything until you got the right one because you'd have to reload it and everything. This looks like it'll be uh, make it a little bit easier where you can just flip through it, get the one you want, and off you go. All right. Well, confession, Rocco. Every time I went in to actually conf- configure a conky theme, I'd mess it up. I'd mess it up. And I, <laughs> there was I'd one just, time. I'd hose it. <laughs> there was one time where I was really into trying to make the conky work, and I had it. I had it pretty down. I had it down pat, like as far as what I wanted uh, to do. I couldn't change it to anything else. I wasn't that into it, but I could. But I had. I knew exactly what I wanted it to look like, so I added those lines into it. But a lot of times I've found that for conkeys themselves that usually I have a lot of windows up and the clock gets hidden anyway. Right. right. So that's why I prefer a clock on the panel because like if you're not looking at your desktop, you're not seeing the conkey. So I guess it's more of maybe for a second monitor yeah. or if you just want to have your desktop there with no windows open or, you know, you're not actually sitting there. Well, and that's the other thing. You bring up a good point there. A lot of people don't use Conky for the clock or for the date or anything like that or weather. They use it to monitor system resources where they're really into what's going on system-wise. Yep. And for those people with um, that in mind, I could see where, you know, that that's just what the doctor ordered because that's not something you have to see all the time. You're not going to, you know, uh, have – all of that information running down in your system tray, obviously, uh, right. but to have have it on your desktop there where you can access it if you're doing something that puts it under load, I can see where that would be. And that's, the, I think, originally how Conkey started out was really more for system resources and things like that. So Yeah, it's grown over time. Yep, yep. Well, Rob, I found an article about Plank, and I'm a big Plank user that and I've used it for I don't know how long that I had no idea this existed. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't know. It's just uh, Joey over at the OMG Ubuntu put out about how to add folders to Plank. 
So I knew you could drop applications there. I knew you could pin them there. But you can actually make shortcuts to folders. And it's like so dead simple that you just drag a folder to the plank dock and it it makes a little shortcut icon and you click it and it drops it pops up a window with everything in that folder like how easy and simple is that and yet i've never known about it but well i want to say that i knew about it but i'm not 100 percent sure i think i've done that before <laughs> so i'm not going to give you any hard time over it because it may be that i haven't I didn't know that either, perhaps. Well, this is the guy that made the video about Plank and didn't realize that you could hold control and then right-click on anywhere on Plank and hit the preferences. Like, oh, that's what's great stuff about is making like videos. Not, I mean, where does this stuff exist? Like, there's no manual that says, you know, when you download Plank, there's no manual that says, oh, yeah. well, you got to do is right-click. So here I am, you know, trying to go in between the icons, trying to hit it just right to right-click on it, hit preferences. <laughs> The guy says, well, you know, you can just hold control and right click, right? <laughs> well, that kind of stuff happens to us all the time. And, you know, when you're making videos on something like that, too, it just every time I'll, I'll kick myself because there'll be that one thing that uh, a viewer comes in and says, hey, if you like you just explained, you know, or they point out something that you totally even didn't think about. So recently I did a video on the uh, new arc menu for GNOME. Yep. And so everything was fine. I pointed out everything I could. And then someone popped in and had the question, Hey, can you use the super key with it? And I was like, duh, I never even <laughs> thought about, it. <laughs> never even thought about that. You know, that would have been something to obviously try. And, uh, and by the way, it doesn't work, but. Uh, well, you know. yeah, but you're, you're absolutely right. There's always that one thing that you forget to mention that you're like, Oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention it. So. <laughs> so. And now our friends at YouTube, they took out the whole pop-up bubbles. You can't put in no more. I know. So it's like you can't go Listen. back in. Like I used to go back in and put a bubble there and say, hey, you know, I know I forgot this, but here, you know, like now you can't do that. Listen, I know absolutely. I spent probably 15 minutes trying to figure out some other way to do something <laughs> that no would allow way. me. It. That, I tell you, hey, if anybody at YouTube is listening, just please reconsider that. Just let me know if you're coming up with something even better, but please reconsider. This is Google we're talking about here. So yeah. I don't think they're going to reconsider everything, anything, but yeah, it's, uh, that is one frustrating thing because, and again, it, it, it compounds the fact that, Oh my gosh, I forgot to mention this. And instead yeah. of making the whole video all over again, you could just easily put a pop-up bubble in there. And now you can't do that. Yeah. I did one where I said, um, you've got, a choice of, I forget exactly what it was, but I said, you got a choice of, of five. Well, you had a choice of six. Yeah. And I would have loved to have put a little pop-up that says, no, you've got a choice of six. I was wrong. You know, shoot me, shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Rob, um, we were contacted by, um, a guy to talk about vector, which is a, now an Ubuntu Snap. So Vector is a graphics design program. Yep. And it's for Ubuntu, for Linux. Free, free software, you know. Yep. You don't have to pay for it. And it's a Vector graphics editor. And it has, it has a simple interface. 
It has tutorials that go with it that allow you to learn it. Like I, I installed the snap and I started playing around with it and it runs you through a tutorial exactly how to do everything. And maybe I don't know if it's for like super duper graphic editor guys like Carl, you know, maybe, maybe he's, uh, past all that already. But for somebody who may be starting out wanting to learn graphics, and editing and logos and all that stuff, this may be something to check out. I would agree. And, um, you know, they've got a really nicely done website and with tutorials. Um, and I think their focus here is to keep things simple and to, uh, like you said, maybe someone like Carl may not need that. He may be beyond it. But uh, for folks like us that wanted to get in and, and start creating I think you could load this up and go through a few tutorials and be on your way to really maybe exploring some new talents. Well, I think that, um, let me get this guy, let me get this email here that he sent us. Uh, it was actually Vlad from Vlad. Yep. From, uh, vector itself. And, you know, like I said, I tried it and it's, it's a simple program. It looks daunting like when you open it up because you have no idea what to do but with the tutorials yeah. that they have and it gives you like a small tutorial when you open it up and you do it but then they're on their website they have a whole listing of all kinds of things to do to show you how to use it and i think it's something that people should check out well they've got here uh, how to create easter icons designing a simple android robot logo things like that that you can kind of use to step through uh, creating your YouTube channel background image. There you go. So uh, some, yeah, some helpful things here. So thank you very much, Vlad, for reaching out to us. And if you are a budding artist or someone that's into design, definitely give this a try. Well, the other thing too is it's now a snap file. So, yep. you know, it was su- super simple to install and uh, and use. So there you go. Absolutely. Well, Rocco, there's some gaming news on the horizon that that you and I both are kind of excited about. Oh, yeah. So Warhammer, Rob, Warhammer 3 is coming. Dawn of War. And it is coming to not only Mac OS, but it is coming to Linux. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you. This one I am stoked about. I am I am a long time real time strategy fan. Um, the, if I could have the hours back that I spent playing real time strategy games, I mean, and the money I spent buying real time strategy games. Uh, but this one, we're going to put the link in here. You have, if you're a real time strategy fan, you have got to check out the trailer. Yeah, because this thing is on a massive scale. I think you have four factions that, you know, all have different abilities that fight against one another. But just the the top down view, the uh, and if the graphics are even close to what they're showing in the video, I mean, this is going to be an epic real time strategy game. Now, I hope it's not one of those deals. And Warhammer's kind of the last time I played a Warhammer game. It's not super simple jump in and just go there's right. some learning curve there but uh man this thing looks awesome well it's going to release on june 8th so there's not a whole lot of time left it's the 20 we're recording now today the 26th for when we releasing this monday the 29th so once this comes out uh there's only a couple maybe a week or two till you can get it and it 
it looks really good, man. And again, Feral Interactive, Feral Games. We talked yep. about them last week. Thank you, Feral. Yep. Yep. Well, this one's one where I'm I'm going to have to save up for that gaming rig. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, you need a gaming PC, Rob. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So one of my favorite games of all time, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, is getting a sequel. Middle of Earth, Shadow of War. And you, I mean, they put out two trailers now, I think, so far. And these, that just looks absolutely <laughs> awesome, dude. Oh my gosh. Like it's an open world environment. Right. Massive world. Massive. And there's just so much going on in one area. I mean, there's, you, you could just, you could probably just not even play and just sit there and watch everything that's going on around you. That's how, that's how big this is and how much is going on in it. So we'll put some links for the trailers, but that is due to release, uh, let me see, August 22nd. So Now, let me ask you this. You've played Skyrim, I assume. I have not played Skyrim, no. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. Well, see, I was going to ask you, compared to Skyrim, which is a massive world um, you know, that you can explore, I was just going to ask you, comparatively, would you say it's on that same scale? Because I've never played um, Shadow of Mordor. Shadow Mordor, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I've never played Skyrim. I probably should have, but I never have. You know what okay. drew me to uh, Shadow of Mordor was that it was more simple, you know, just sword fighting a lot of times yeah. rather than spells and all this other, you know, stuff that goes goes along with a lot of the other games. So it was more simple. So that's what drew Are there me to quests do. and things like that? Oh, yeah. You know, go, kill, go kill five rats and I'll give you some ill <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> basically, it's set up that you have to you have to conquer the whole land, basically, uh, of all of the orcs. And you have captains and you have their their hideouts that they have. And oh my gosh, if you ever allow them to ring the bell or ring the, or, or not the bell, the uh, torch to alert all the orcs, there are millions of orcs they just that come at you all at one time. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> There's like no way swarm. to survive. But uh, uh, it, it, it was like one of my all time favorite games. I still play it. So wow, I can't, uh, I can't wait for this to come out. Well, excellent. Excellent. And then there's Destiny 2. So uh, that gameplay has been revealed. The gameplay on Destiny 2 looks really good. I don't know what it's, you know, a lot of the times the trailers look better than the gameplay actually does, you know. But Destiny 1 was only for Xbox. Right. Xbox Or console, I should say. Xbox, PlayStation, and that. But I don't see no word on here, Rob. Where, if they're going to have it cross-platform. No, I haven't seen it either. And it says, Destiny 2 on PC will be exclusive to the Blizzard desktop app, a first for a non-Blizzard game. Yep. So, so when is, that's 8th of September 8th. Yep, September 8th. And I just, I never played, uh, the first, I never played Destiny 1. Um, I know a couple I know of, a people lot of people that do. have. Yeah, yeah, and they love it. And, you know, the people have said, oh, you got to get a console so you can play. And it, no, no. <laughs> but this will be coming to PC. So Destiny 2 will be, I, like I said, I, I was hoping that they would have cross-platform, but I don't see it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got some uh, a few things to talk about from DistroWatch. So um, 
Rocco, one of your favorite distros of all time, React OS. Can't live without it. I know. Now, I've actually never installed React OS. I pick on it, which is not fair because I haven't actually ever installed it. It may be pretty good. Rob, all you got to do is look at the screenshot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, no, they've, they've, um, so they have this, this comes out of Russia. Uh, basically what they're doing is they're creating a, a, an operating system that um, is binary compatible with windows. So as this thing updates, one of their goals is to allow it to, or allow you to be able to run more and more windows programs. Um, but when you look at this thing, I mean, I can't help but feel like you've gone all the way back to Windows 95. Or worse. Or worse. Yeah, yeah. But this is not um, a Linux-based system. That's right. Even, that's you know, right. So I don't uh, – I mean, it's on DistroWatch, and I, I guess it's its own. See, I've never, I've never even figured that out is because it shares nothing with Unix architecture or anything like that. Um. So I don't know why this would be mixed in even, you know, and, and that's more than likely one of my excuses, I guess. You know why it's there, Rob? Why is that? For us to make fun of. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I like that. So, um, but yeah, so if, if that's something that you're into and, you know, you've used in the past, there definitely are some updates there and maybe it'll give you access to some Windows software that you've been looking forward to. So check it out. Uh, but also in the news, they're uh, one of our favorite distros, Rocco, which is the OB Revenge distro. Jody has a, been a busy guy. Um, so new release there, 2017.05. So he's got updates to the newest Calamari's installer. Uh, he's fixed some bugs with the hotkeys and changing the desktop settings. Uh, improved Bluetooth support, updated the software install tool, added more support for multimedia keyboard keys, added GUI screenshot tool, added more touchscreen drivers. The Linux kernel is now up to 4.10.13-1 or 4.10.13-1 for those of you who like it that way. Uh, (laughs) updated compositing configuration for better hardware support removed comp is it's still available in the repo but he's pulled that out i wonder why he's removed comp is i don't know that we may need to chat with him and see what was going on there yeah hey the guy has been like non-stop lately dude yeah oh i know i know well you've got of course k revenge mate revenge i'm hesitant to say anything well i'm gonna say okay Keep your eye on the revenge on my on OB revenge is all I'm going to say. Keep your eyes open for some more revenge news. Some more news. Some more news. Okay, we'll uh, there'll be that. some change. Be some changes coming there. I don't want to let any cats out of out of the bag. So that's all I'm going to say. There you go. All right. What else we got? Anything in Distro Watch, Rob? Before we well, there's the- always something in Distro Watch, but I am ready to roll over to the YouTube corner. All right. So, uh, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> we had a great email from from a viewer from Destination Linux. Yep. 
And um, let me go ahead. I'm going to, you want me to go through this email, Rocco? Do it. All right. So um, this is from William Willis Wynn. And uh, so I'm just going to read through here. He says, hi, Rob and Rocco. Just thought I'd give a shout out to my new favorite podcast. Thank you very much, William. Uh, Thank you both for all your hard work and your respective YouTube channels, too. And he goes on to say, as a self-confessed distro hopper, we like you already, William. Yep. Uh, I was wondering if you could discuss elementary OS and maybe a focus on minimalism in distros, which is a good idea. Uh, being all right now, uh, uh, or excuse me, being ill right now gave me an epiphany that I used to distro hop like crazy until I landed on elementary. When I started using it, I felt trapped because it's not as flexible as, for example, as KDE, and he hated it until he realized it has its own workflow. And that workflow and the way it's set up prevented him from breaking it. So now he relies on it, and he can't imagine switching. And he goes on to say, is this minimalist approach key to stability in the Linux desktop, which is another good you know, thought provoking question. Uh, when I can configure a desktop, I find I will. And then I inevitably switch to another distro when I break it. I would not uh, know what he's talking about there, Rob. <laughs> that's, that's right. But when I can't tink- tinker with it, I get things done more effectively and I'm more likely to stick with it. So, you know, he's got some good questions there, some good thought provoking questions. First of all, I'd like to kind of let's jump back over into elementary OS and let's just talk about that from one of his points, which, which is simplicity and things being a little more locked down in elementary OS. What's your thoughts there? Well, we talked about it earlier. It is lot. It always was locked down and it still is locked down. And I agree that, <clears throat> excuse me. I agree that I used to hate it. I used, that's why I switched from it. I tried it before, but it was so locked down. I couldn't do anything with it. And that kind of like turned me off because I couldn't customize it the way I wanted it to. But I have installed it and I have tried to unlock certain things. I'll, I'll granted. But he is right in a certain sense that the minimalist approach, uh, it just lends itself to as long as everything's working properly and it's not crashing, it lends itself to you not having to do a whole lot. I mean, you can't do a whole lot to it. So, but the question is, do you need to do a whole lot to it? Is it supplying what you need for your workflow without having to mess with it? So I think it's a great point. Um, I did have to unlock a few things, Rob. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Well, what I was going to say is similar to your experience, Rocco, was the very first time I installed elementary OS. My first reaction was, wow, this is beautiful. You know, so from the just the overall look of the Pantheon desktop and everything. Yeah, just they've done an exceptional job there. But as you start to dig in and you start to use it, you realize there are certain things that kind of gave me the feeling in the beginning that they felt like they knew better at how I should use the operating system than I did. Right. But then I gave it more time and then they've recently updated and improved some things or added some things that 
you just can't ignore how polished it is in certain areas. Now, for you, the controls were set up in a way that you really liked. I mean, really, elementary OS is almost set up ideally for you, isn't it, Rocco, the way you like to use things? And, and I'll be honest with you, Rob. Part of the reason why I set up my systems like this is because of elementary. Is because when I first tried it, I thought, this yeah. looks absolutely awesome. I mean, I love the clock in the middle. I love the system tray over to the right and my menu over to the left, the the panel at the top, dock at the bottom. I love the workflow that it gives you. Close control on the left. You're fine with that. Close control that's, on the left. Is, that's why. That's part of the reason why I put it over on the left. Now, see, I know, had to get used to that. But if you notice, a lot of uh, operating systems will put uh, if, even if they, you can switch it over to the left, they'll put all of the controls over to the left, like Ubuntu or like, Correct. Uh, you know, Correct. with Solus's new feature, you can put it over to the left. But I think the, the minimalist approach of having just the close over on the left. Now I do would rather have the minimize on the right rather than the maximize, but that whole idea of not having a whole lot there is is awesome and that's what turned me on to a lot of how i set up my desktop now so there you go well well william's question i think is very or one of his questions was very thought-provoking which is do you think that the minimal approach minimalistic approach that we see you know let's just say within elementary compared to say kde uh, where you could get in there and pick any distro with KDE on it, where you could get in there and configure absolutely everything. Do you think one is better than the other um, from the standpoint of long-term use? So, for example, you get into elementary OS, which we're, by the way, both running. We both, a little inside <laughs> scoop, we talked each other into installing it again last night. And so we were both going through the install process and kind of sharing notes back and forth. Um, see, that's where I can see after using it from a standpoint of once you see how everything is laid out, it pulls you through. You're not, uh, let me see how could, I can explain this. Um, it's teaching you on how you should use it is the way I feel. It's teaching you, this is how we do what we do. Right. Is, is that a It good, has a, it has a, uh, a Mac operating system type feel to it that this is the way we do things and you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you allow yourself, like a lot of people, including myself will not like that at first, you know, right. they, they want to do, you know, I want to do things the way I want to do them. But if you, like you said, you give it time, I think getting used to the way they do things, it allows you, like William said, it allows you to actually, get used to it and get work done. Right. Now, I don't think that it's for everybody. Uh, you know, you said, which, you know, is it better than say KDE or better than being able to customize it like a KDE? And I don't think everybody's going to like this because there are going to people that are going to be, they're not going to want to change their workflow. They're not going to want to change the way they do things or learn a new way. And that's fine. But for somebody who wants to maybe try a new way of doing things or a new workflow, I think, I think elementary is perfect, dude. I, I'm sorry. I think it's I, perfect. I agree. There's so many areas where you look at it and you go, this is how other distros should do this. So one example, 
um, is the applet area in the taskbar where yep. you, you know, you access your volume control, you access your network control, you log in, log out. They have nailed that. It, it, it's just, it's, it's awesome the way they've got that set up. Um, Solus and Budgie comes real close, you know. Solus, Budgie comes, Budgie has some, actually Budgie may be a little bit better. It may be, in, yeah. In the system tray as far as, because you can, you can customize a little bit in the system tray where in elementary you can't. Right. Right. But, but and then with all of the apps, Rocco, so all of their own built-in apps like calendar, music, yep, um, you know, so on and Which so forth. Which are beautiful. They're beautiful. They're all beautiful. And they all look like they're such a part of the desktop back to your com- comparing it to a Mac. Absolutely. And I think many people would agree with that. The philosophy of let's make it beautiful. Uh, you know, let's set it up so that the workflow is a particular way. Uh, there are people who would just take that, learn that and stick with that and never have a problem with that. Those are the people like my oldest daughter, where you get her a phone, okay, a, a new Samsung phone. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I do is I'm going to put Nova Launcher on there, a new icon pack. <laughs> I'm going to have different screens with different widgets and things set up and change the whole color of the interface and on and on and on, set up my sounds, you know, uh, all of that. And then I'll go over and pick up my daughter's phone and it's got the Samsung launcher on there with maybe two icons that she added to that screen and everything else is just the way the phone came from the factory. She doesn't care about uh, changing the color or adding a launcher or, you know, she doesn't even want to know about that stuff. I'm like, here, you could do this. And then she's like, dad, it's my phone. Leave it alone. This is fine. And it drives me nuts. You know, I look at it and I'm like, really? You, you've not even changed the ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the way a lot of users are nowadays. They don't really want to change anything. They want it to work out of the box. They don't have to do anything. Yeah. And and the other thing is, the other side of that is not just that they don't want it to work. They want to try. You know, that's part of the whole that's part of the whole process of, of using something is that you learn how somebody else does it. And maybe the way somebody else does it is better than the way you're doing it. You look at the way, uh, you know, just take the launchers, for example. You look at the way this launcher is, and now that's great. But then you look at this one over here, and you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. But you would yeah. never know that if you didn't try those. And you wouldn't know that if you didn't want to change the way you wanted to have your workflow. And that's what I was talking about with trying to adapt workflow or try being open to learning new workflow because you never know what you're going to, what you may be missing if right. you don't try it. Now you may like, you may try it and you may hate it. Right. And that's, that's okay. right. But you're never going to know that until you actually give it a try. Well, now there's two, two uh, apps I'll call them that uh, I want to talk about. And I think you installed both. I know I did. Uh, because back to that subject of not really being able to change or tweak things within elementary OS. Um, oh, we, we've got to talk about the new app store too, a little we bit. Do. Um, but, uh, and, and maybe William knows about these, but two things that I would recommend if you're someone who does like to tweak and like you said, Rocco, you don't want to do too much 
that is elementary tweak and elementary plus. Yes. Now, let me t- let me talk about the latter first, elementary plus. I really like elementary plus because what it does is it takes some of the icons that may not uh, show up properly within the upper right hand system tray on elementary OS. Uh, they all match. They're all beautiful out of the box. But then when you start adding things, you get sometimes these weird out of place icons that show up in your system tray for you know particular app. And I'll give you an example in sync. Yep. Uh, so I was setting up in sync to synchronize my Google Drive. And it looked like a sore thumb sticking up out of the rest of the icons. You know, it looked so out of place. Well, uh, this elementary plus had a proper icon, which it, as soon as it was installed, changed that in sync icon to really match the rest of the system tray icons. I mean, it really surprisingly did a great job of that. So uh, that would be one I would recommend. Well, I I did install elementary um, tweak and the plus icons as well. So in the plus icons, you have a, the ability to switch off and on different icons as well. Like it'll tell you what's installed as far as programs are concerned. Right. And you can mm-hmm. flip to the symbolic icon or not. But I will say that, like I said before, don't try to do a whole lot with it because I installed uh, indicator for KD connect. Oh, and it works perfectly, but it seems to give, it seems to throw the wing panel into fits of fits of rage. (laughs) And it just just hesitates and freezes and doesn't want to respond. But as soon as I removed KD connect indicator, it worked perfectly just like it had before. So I don't want to do too much with it, but Man, I'll tell you what, man. If I have one problem, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it here, Rob. I got one problem with elementary. My net and if anybody has any solutions to this, this would be great. The network manager continually disconnects while on a VPN. Mm-hmm. I have my connection perfectly through the Ethernet cord or through Wi-Fi, both, and they both work perfect. Um but if I install, I installed PIA, private internet access, and the GUI application does not show up at all in the system tray. It doesn't show up as an applet or an indicator. Not sure why. It's still running, but it's not showing up. So you have no idea. You have, you can't change the server or anything like that. So it's pretty much useless. So if you install the OpenVPN configs manually, you can connect to private internet access. But the problem is you, you'll connect to a v, to the VPN and within two minutes of you connecting, it'll, your whole connection just shuts down. It still shows connected to the VPN, but you can't go anywhere. There's nowhere you So your just, two-way communication is not happening within. It's, it's just dead. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. Now, it's not specific to elementary because I had the same exact problem on Ubuntu Budgie and was one of the reasons added to why I got off of Budgie was that specific issue where I could not connect to the VPN or it would do the same exact thing. It would connect for a couple seconds. And this is through the uh, network manager applet. So it's not like this is like, you know, like I said, the GUI works, but it doesn't show up. But even connecting manually, it connects and then it just, 
Now I searched it and I found like way back, like 2008, they were having issues where it would try to reauthorize the connection and then it would just shut the connection down. But I haven't found anything for it recently, so I don't know why it would do that. They're still working on it from 2008. Probably. <laughs> so if anybody <laughs> has any um, answers to that or any help, uh, please send the uh, send them to comment on the YouTube channel or send them through the email comments at destinationlinux.org. Well, I want to I want to talk something again to uh, to William's uh, point here. I think it says a lot about elementary OS um, when you've got an admitted distro hopper who apparently stopped his distro hopping ways once he learned how much he appreciated elementary OS. And that says a lot because right now, uh, I don't know about you, but I could not imagine not distro hopping. Now, I've come across multiple distros where I go, this is it. For two weeks, this is it. This is it. <laughs> this, is, this is it. I'm staying on this for at least a week. That's right. Well, have, but but we've not asked William. It may be due to our DHA program. He may be a member of that, Rob, and that may have cured his distro hopping. <laughs> distro <ways>. hoppers anonymous. <laughs> That's right, William. Are you a member of that? And have we helped you? We have founded that, William. Just so you know. DHA is is our. We I don't know if we have the copyright on it anymore, but we definitely no. founded it. There is a hotline. We're not going to give it out now, but there is a hotline for DHA. All right. So let's talk about the App Center, Rob. Yes. Yes, definitely. So this is a one, a beautiful App Center. Beautiful. Okay. But there's controversy with it. So A little. A little. A little controversy with it. Because, you know, with Linux and when you talk to people in Linux, everything should be free. Not free as in beer. Not free as in beer. Free. <laughs> But, but some people think it should be free as beer. Yeah. Okay, so in the App Center, most of the most of the apps in there, you'll see it doesn't say install or download; it just says free. And right. you click that to install it. But there will be other ones that is a it'll say a dollar or two dollars. Pay what you want. They give what you want, and you can put custom. And put a zero there, and you don't have to donate. But the idea is to give back to the developer that actually developed these programs on on the opera, on Linux, and to acquire better quality apps by actually giving the developers a way or an avenue to get revenue. So, what do you think? I think it's an awesome idea. I think um, it is what we need more of uh, because really and truly they could all be free because you can go in and it's not evident. There are no instructions that say, Oh, by the way, you can go in and put a zero there. And then the icon even changes to free when you do that. Yep. Did you notice that? So if you put zero in, it'll, it'll go to, so what this allows you to do is really try it. And if you like it, okay, you could try it for free. If you like it, you find it useful, you could actually go back, uninstall it, and then go back and put whatever amount you want to put in there to support the developer. I think it's an awesome idea, and I hope that it brings, um, uh, brings you know, new developers on board. I hope that it takes off 
and is being supported um, because I don't see a, a negative to it, really. Well, I would love to get Daniel Foria on here to talk about it. Yep. But I was kind of like turned off by it at first. The idea of putting that button there to have somebody, you know, somebody that doesn't know, they're going to think it's a dollar. They're just going to go right by it. And the idea to put that out there was not what I was used to seeing. After looking at it and seeing it and using elementary and I just, I've been swayed a little bit as far as I think it's a good idea because, and, and there's a couple reasons why one, the developers that develop on Linux don't normally have a, an avenue to get any kind of donations or revenue. Okay. Right. Yeah, they right. could go the extra mile, but 90% of them, 99% of them are not going to do that. And what this allows them to do is it allows them to not only bring the developers to them where they will get all of these better apps, all these apps that aren't just out there, just, you know, you, you can have apps and you can have apps, Rob. You oh, know what I mean? yeah. Like you, you can have <laughs> oh, apps that boy. look like, and you know, whatever, but so you're going to draw all of these developers to this if this succeeds. Yeah. And you're going to also give them the ability to, we always talk about in all of our, when we've interviewed uh, Ike or Martin, we've always talked about donating to programs that you like. Everything support. On, yeah, support. Everything on Linux is, you know, quote unquote free. But if you if you like a project, support them because there's a lot of time and effort that goes into this stuff. And yep. this is a way for somebody who's just creating a simple app to get donations. And Absolutely. that's where it's turned my opinion on it. Not because I think you everybody should pay for it or whatever. But if you want to, like, say I love this app. Like, for example, I use a variety wallpaper changer. Yeah. Okay. And the guy is a, just a normal guy. And, you know, he doesn't even exactly have a whole lot of time to develop anymore. But I would love to donate to him. And not have to go searching through the internet to make sure this is right. the, you know this is the right place. I would love to say here, I love this app. Here's a couple dollars. Here's a dollar. You know whatever. And if everybody did that, we would have a lot more good apps. Well, here's the thing. Let's say, uh, and you are dead on. I think spot on there. Um, let's say that you are a developer and you've got a little bit of time, uh, but not a lot. You know, like most of us, not a lot or your hobbies, you know, and maybe that's a hobby for someone. Uh, but all of a sudden you've got people who really appreciate what you're doing. Um, sending a few bucks your way every week. That could be incentive for that person to say, Hey, this is awesome. People really like this. People are supporting me. They're showing their appreciation. And maybe that would energize that person to, you know, make some changes or updates or add some things. And it benefits everyone when that happens. Yeah, well, it's not about making money. It's about exactly what you just said. It's about energizing somebody to say, hey, man, people do actually appreciate what I do. Right. We appreciate you. Right. I mean, how many times have we talked about the fact that all these guys, they make all of this stuff and all they get are headaches. 
All they yeah. get are the bad things. We will review a distro and we'll say, oh, it's good, but this is this is bad. This is bad. Yeah. This is bad. So it's like you, is- you get some YouTuber who emails you about the KDE desktop asking questions when they really shouldn't shouldn't even be using Linux. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like you get all of this negativity all the time. And if for anything, it's like I said, even not for a money making operation, but for a for the appreciation for the time and effort that you put into it. And that's what you're giving back for. Yep. Yeah. So I wasn't a fan, but I am a fan now. Well, and I don't think anyone could have integrated that setup as well as they did either. No, I'm not sure exactly how the App Center. I have not yet. I've just installed it yesterday, so I've not yeah. yet tried to donate or anything to any of the apps. But I'm my concern or questions would be is how the uh, security of it. Yes, of your yeah, I was going to. Yeah, I was going to speak to that. They're using Stripe. Okay. So uh, you know, Stripe is fairly known here in the U S um, you, you know, if you've been out somewhere and they've got an iPad set up typically where you're swiping your card, it's connected through an iPad. Let's say a lot of times they're using Stripe okay, uh, for that transaction. I was going to speak to that. Actually, that would be one area where I would love to see uh, the option for PayPal. Yes. I agree. I think that would be terrific. That would for me, put it over the top because I personally, that was the one drawback. Yeah, there's going to be an app that I will donate to. I uh, haven't yet, but uh, that's one more place where you've got to put your online information, your financial information, mm-hmm. and I want to limit that as much as possible. And I think for many people, you know, PayPal has been around a long time, so you've got a lot of people who are already connected with PayPal. I say go ahead and figure out a way to get that set up. You know, I agree. I agree. PayPal would be the perfect scenario for that. Well, before we kind of move on, I have got to just mention this because William has got one of those awesome, cool names. And so when I read his full name, I thought, William, you've got to be some kind of Scottish warrior. So (laughs) hopefully you don't mind this, William, but his full name is William Willis Wynn. I mean, if that doesn't sound like you know, I'm from the William Willis Wynn clan. You know, <laughs> it's just awesome. I love it. So yes. cool name there. Yeah. Thank you for the email, William. Uh, all of the comments were appreciated and it gave us a good talk too. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Well, Rob, I don't know. What else? What else do you got? Anything? That's it, buddy. I think we've, man, I think we've talked enough. Uh, we went overtime, so <laughs> <laughs> people will get tired of listening to us. Well, it was it was good, man. I was happy, Rocco, to be back and uh, having our discussions. And, um, you know, I got to say I missed I missed it. It was nice having the break, but also I missed it. Well, I had the break and I was actually going to try to concentrate on my channel, but I really didn't do it. I took advantage of the break and did nothing. So uh, <laughs> pretty well, much. Glad, so. it was I'm a good glad you were glad you were able to take advantage of the break and um and so, but also glad that we're back here. Yeah, so I'm so glad we're back. And next week, we got a guest. So stay tuned. Absolutely. And I'm just going to, just a little shout out to Joe. Joe, we didn't end it, buddy. This was not the end. <laughs> this was not the end, Joe. <laughs> so Joe, this is for you. Uh, All right, Rob. So what have we reached, Rocco? This is, this is episode 22, man. No, Can no, man. Oh, come on. What? 
Have you really had that long of a break? What? I'm so disappointed. What did I right do now? now? What? Who are you? I don't even know you. Oh anymore. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what have we reached? Well, Rob, we've reached our final destination. Oh my gosh. It, is, it has been too long, Rob. <laughs> I mean, we can't end the show any other way. How are we supposed to end the show, man? Okay, it's just... well, well, Rob, we've reached our... Rob, we've reached the end of this show. We've reached our destination what? of this show. <laughs> but right. next week, we're going to journey on. That's. I like that even better. I was waiting on... Well, Rob, we've reached our final destination of episode... Okay, you know, I got to ad lib every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Rocco, I've enjoyed it, buddy. Yep. I have right. uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, man. So uh, we will see you next week. Next week. New guest. Look forward to it. Have a great weekend. See you, everybody. Bye.